Hello everybody and welcome as we continue our look through the Bible. Next Sunday we're going to be looking at the story of David and Bathsheba and this is a complicated narrative. Partly because of who David is, who we see David to be in the Christian tradition and the Jewish tradition, but also because of the context that we read it in today. Uh, so we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and listening to Nathan talk to David about all the ways. But I want to talk to you a little bit about how did we get to David being king in the first place. Your Sunday school teacher was probably wrong. Your Sunday school teacher probably was wrong about how David got to king. Not wrong, let's not say wrong, but that it's more complicated. Now in Genesis, when we were talking about Noah and those folks, we talked about the source theory, the idea that the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, were not one unified narrative. They were a compilation of several narratives of the J source, the E source, the P source, and eventually the Deuteronomistic redactor. That's hard to say. Well, now we find ourselves in the Deuter what is the Deuteronomistic history. This is the same redactor, maybe, or someone in the school, the same school as the one who did the Pentateuch, who wrote the history of the kings. How did Israel go from being the Hebrew people who escaped from Egypt into a country, a nation state? And just like in the Pentateuch, when we look at first and second Samuels and first and second Kings, we're looking at a compilation of different sources, oral traditions, maybe some that had been written down in separate books or letters or scrolls that the Deuteronomist put together into one cohesive narrative. It brings with it some complications. And here's where we get to where your Sunday school teacher was wrong. Now we were told, I was told as a child, that David became king because he was in the field watching the sheep and the brothers had left, all of his brothers had left to be seen by the king, by Saul, and that he came forth and slayed the giant Philistine Goliath. And that is how he came to be noticed and then anointed to be king. The Philistine got up and moved closer to attack David and David ran quickly to face him, put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. He slung it and the stone penetrated the giant's forehead and that's how David triumphed over the Philistine. The giant shaft of the spear was like a weaver's beam. First Samuel 17, 7. But there are two stories of what happens to Goliath in the Bible. We do have the story of David killing Goliath with the stone. But then later on in 2 Samuel, we hear the story of a different person slaying Goliath. There was yet another battle with the Philistines at Gob. Elhanan, Jar's son from Bethlehem, killed Goliath from Gath, whose spear shaft was as strong as the bar on a weaver's loom. So why the two different traditions? Or what about when we see two different narratives of David meeting the king Saul? Saul said to his servants, find me a good musician and bring him to me. One of the servants responded, I know that Jesse's son from Bethlehem is a good musician. He's a strong man and a heroic warrior. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David. The first time we meet David in 1 Samuel, Saul notices him because he plays beautifully on the harp. He's a musician, a court musician, and Saul notices him and brings him out for special attention. The second time we meet David, that Saul meets David, he's a stranger in the court. Saul saw David go out to meet the Philistine, and he asked Abner, the army general, 
Whose son is that boy? I don't know, Abner said. Then find out, the king replied. So when David came back from killing the Philistines, Abner sent for him. Saul said to him, Who are you? I am the son of your servant, David answered. There's lots of these different uh, pieces, these different stories that are brought together. We have one about the Ark narrative. That's the different pieces of what happens to the Ark of the Covenant, which eventually disappears at the end of 1 Kings when it's carried away. We have a competing histories of Saul's rise to be king. How did Saul become king? And then we have competing histories about David's rise. How did David become king? And what does all of this mean? It means that the redactor, whoever the redactor was, was trying to weave together different pieces of tradition, different pieces of material that had all kinds of different things into one cohesive narrative, one story. And the truth is, this is how we understand our lives, too. Our life doesn't have one narrative neat arc from beginning to end. It's often a series, a bunch of different kinds of things happening to us that we piece together to have one meaning. If we were to write out our lives in order, in chronological order, it would appear to be chaos. Different things happening, overlapping one over the other, none of them having any kind of clear meaning or purpose. But when we lay them out in narrative form, if we tell the story of our life, it does have an arc. And it often that arc depends on what meaning we need to get out of it at that time. And so the redactor here, the, De the Deuteronomist, the editor, who put these pieces together, these different stories together, the songs that were odes that told of the stories of the people of God, of poems, of royal books of histories that were written down in different pieces is trying to tell us this that God's covenant with God's people was still in place the people can rebel they can get judges they can get kings the people can run away from God the people can believe, do horrible things to one another but God's covenant, God's promise, doesn't fail. Not once. Not ever. And God's covenant is not dependent upon the people in order to be valid. And God's continued promises, despite and perhaps because of our failures and our weaknesses and our corruptibility as humans. There's a deeper truth there in the weaving together of our stories than we would have found in all of the little pieces. God is in covenant with God's people no matter what. God bless.